la 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 What? Colin? Just find out how it's sung it. We're going. Up on my phone and see if we can again. could get your Facebook thing here.
face of Pablo. Face of Pablo. Okay. Gotta remove this after. You know why he didn't answer, right? Because yeah. he had to do what I'm doing here. That, that, that will happen to everybody. So if it don't take you directly, you'll have to install. Education. Yeah, you hold on to this. 
Yeah, 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 Because you press where you wasn't supposed to press, you don't understand it. What do you know? Cancel. Cancel it, Help him from here. Frankie, I know what to do. I don't know what to do.
Hi, good afternoon, good afternoon everyone. Welcome and welcome to our first broadcast of our podcast entitled Andy's Personal Development on the Podbean platform. As we do our maiden episode at this time, we invite you to stay with us, all those who are on air at this time. We thank you very much for your support and your continued commitment. We are about to provide a platform for discovery of self, your destiny and niche for success and overcoming in life, the relief and the release from personal challenges and pain that can rob you of your fulfillment. And this evening, this afternoon rather, on our first segment, our maiden podcast episode, it is entitled the power of self-esteem over anxiety. Again, I say a wonderful welcome to you. And we pray that as you continue to spend time with us, it will be rewarding and fulfilling for you this afternoon. First of all, I would like to address the reality of a situation that can happen to almost anyone in life. And there are some times that we think that these things can only happen to certain people. And that may be true to a certain extent, but in a very large and possible way, we all at some point in time would have struggled with some level of anxiety, some level of discomfort, some level of fear, about something in life that we simply do not seem to have any form of control over. And for many of us, that's not a comfortable place to be in. It may be a place that is rather scary, discomforting, and one that could help us in certain places, but not in others. So, Let's look at the team. The team says the power of self-esteem over anxiety. Well, when we look at the word self-esteem, the meaning that we see is that it is your overall opinion of yourself, how you feel about your abilities and limitations. And when you have healthy self-esteem, you feel good about yourself and you see yourself as deserving the respect of others. When you have low self-esteem, you put little value on your opinions and ideas. So right away, we see that we have a choice. And the choice is simple. Are we going to have low self-esteem or are we going to have high self-esteem? The choice is always ours. However, Let's look at the meaning of the word anxiety. It says emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. 
There are 10 speaking points that I would like to look at today, if time permits. And if it doesn't, we will do as much as we possibly can. But I'd like us to understand that anxiety is a clinical disease. It's a clinical ailment. And there are two ways in which you can get anxiety. Unfortunately, one of those ways is from birth. You can find anxiety in your DNA from birth. And it is also hereditary. Meaning to say if there's a history of anyone that may have suffered anxiety in your family, it is possible also that you can get it as well. But what is advisable and what is instructive is that if you find yourself addressing the signs of anxiety from a very early age, it is very possible that you will have the opportunity to within yourself build up and gather the necessary mechanism to shield yourself against anxiety. But that would take time. It will also take a certain amount of commitment from you as the individual to understand how you can overcome this particular disease. The second way in which you can get anxiety is by, when we look at the meaning, it says emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worry thoughts, and physical changes that can increase blood pressure. See, if you're, you're the kind of person that is constantly worrying about things and you don't give things a rest, you're constantly putting pressure on yourself every day about circumstances, things, people, relationships, your job, your career, your social status, the lack of extra money in your bank account to do the things that you want to do. Guess what? Over a certain period of time when the worry and the fear and the speculation begins to build, you can have anxiety beginning to formulate in your system. Why? Physiologically, your body will begin to tolerate the tensions that you harbor and you entertain consistently over a certain period of time. And eventually, you may succumb to having anxiety. Unfortunately, Anxiety also comes with depression. And we hope and pray this afternoon that the information that we are going to share with you will help many. And I want you to understand why we are doing this because in our counseling sessions, my wife and I, we have met many people who are suffering from many different anxiety disorders. And in 99% of the cases, it is because of low self-esteem. They think of themselves less than others. And that is not a healthy place to be. That is not the way that God intended for us to live. It is not his will for man. And you have to understand that I need to bring God in the midst of this because we are people of faith. And we always turn to the creator and the maker of all mankind to get the necessary answers, advice, and information we need to succeed in this life. I want to share some statistics with you 
that is coming out of the American Association of Psychologists. And they said in 2018, 18% of the working force, adult and junior staff, suffered from an anxiety disorder. Unfortunately, in the height of the global pandemic, that is COVID-19, in 2020, what they found is that that had increased to about 75%. 42% of those were people in their 20s and 50% were millennials. You know who the millennials are, right? Those are the young people now that are at the forefront of almost everything that you can think of. And so the majority of them have left their jobs, forsaken their professions and their careers because they could not handle the anxiety disorders. In addition to that, they could not find anyone to confide in, to help them and to assist them. We will seek to address those realities and those possibilities on this program this afternoon. But I want to share something with you that is very personal to me as we continue. And I want you to understand that the information that I'm going to share with you is something that you have a choice about, that you can take all the good things out of it and help you to make a difference in your life, if not yours, possibly that of someone you know who may be challenged with an anxiety disorder and is suffering from low self-esteem. It was around June 2002 that I became a member of the Lions organization. And after about a year or so in the organization, the club that I was a member of, they decided to make me the president of the club. And that was a good thing because, hey, I was a young upcoming star, Johnny come lately, didn't know much, didn't have much experience. But what I had was ambition. And for some reason or the other, they saw leadership qualities in me. And so they decided, you know what? Let's give him the opportunity. Let's give him the chance. Let's give him the privilege to take up the role as a leader. And so they made me president of the club. And I remember clearly on my first meeting, when the meeting was called to order by myself, and I had to do the protocols that followed after, I froze. <laughs> my God, I froze. Because I suddenly realized, which I did not know before, that I was not as brave as I thought I were. And so when the time came for me to speak and to follow the protocol, the words just could not come out of my mouth. And I sat there, like in suspended animation, trying to figure out what do I do next? Where do I go from here? And fortunately for me, a senior member in the club realizing and recognizing what was happening, he began to speak and he said, listen, the land president needs our help. Little did he know, despite what he may have observed, that inside of me, that feeling of butterflies, 
that feeling of tension, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of anxiety was choking me. And I could not move. I could not see anything. I could not respond to the protocol that I was supposed to preside over. Has that ever happened to you before? <laughs> there are many people that this happened on quite a regular basis. And I'm sure you're probably thinking, okay, I've heard this before. I understand people suffer with this. But what are the solutions? Where do we go from here? How do we find ourselves in a better place? Because I'm telling you, when that realization flooded over me in the waves that it did, I felt as if I could have melted through the chair, melted to the floor, and just get out of there. But when the senior member began to speak and he said, listen, the Lion president needs our help. We need to guide him. I felt a surge of hope spring alive inside of me, alongside the fear and the anxiety that I was feeling. And I realized there and then that I had to make a choice. Do I continue to give in to the anxiety, to the fear, and allow it to control what I do next? Or do I grasp on and hold on to that lifeline of hope that was just thrown for me? The choice was obvious. I held on to that lifeline for dear life. And in response, it was as, as if I was coming out of a hazy situation and getting my senses and my act together. And I said in response, I do need help. Where do I go from here? And I want you to know, my friends, in that moment, the reality of that situation taught me that I had a choice about how I respond to what I feel on the inside of me. And not only that, if I recognize the feeling, then I also must recognize that there are lifelines all around me and I need to find myself in a position that whenever that negative feeling comes my way, I manage myself enough to hold on to the lifelines instead and make a decision that I will not allow anxiety to overcome me. You see, the thing about it is this. We cannot afford to be paralyzed by fear. We cannot afford to be inhibited by fear. We cannot afford to be set aside by fear. We cannot afford to be put aside by fear. We cannot afford to be deterred by fear, but rather we need to use the fear that we feel as something to energize us and to give us the necessary energy that we need to go to the next level. And so after time and time again, I realized that I had to practice and work. And so what I did was I started taking notes. I started taking information. I started asking questions. I started educating myself. I started investing in myself. And I realized that I could build within myself the necessary mechanisms and the positive lifelines that I needed to hold on to to deal with the level of anxiety that was crippling me. And if I can do it, anybody can do it as well. 
Because I believe within all of us, God has built within us the ability to overcome and to manage our fears. See, i got to quote scriptures now. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, a sane mind, a mind that can think, a mind that can assess, and a mind that can access the necessary positive things that we need to hold on to every single day of our lives. Even in the midst of the deepest, darkest moments of our lives, we can find something to hold on to that is full of hope and positivity. But it's the choice that we make that makes the difference. I want you to look at it this way. When you look at a storm and they give you a report on a storm, they tell you that the storm has three sections. You have the outer bands of the storm that brings the storm surge, and that could be 75 to 80 miles per hour. Then you have the body of the storm that could be up to 100, 130, 35, 40 miles per hour. And then in the midst of the storm, you have the eye. And the thing about it is this. Life can be like a storm sometimes, but you've got to find yourself in the eye of life, like in the eye of the storm, where there's always peace and always calm. It does not mean that the storm will go away, but what it means is that even in the midst of the storm, you can have the ability, the capacity, the mentality, the attitude, the commitment, the discipline to find yourself in a place where there is peace even in the midst of the storm, you can be in the eye of the storm. And you can do so by the choices that you make. And so I saw a quotation on Facebook. And I just want to share it with us because it helped me to understand that I needed to unlearn some things that I thought I knew to learn some things new. You see, in order for you to fill a bucket, you have to empty it out before you can refill it again. And it says this, if you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. I love that. I love that so very much. I think that deserves a drum roll. <laughs> Yeah, understand what I'm saying. You've got to be willing to learn. You've got to be willing to look to places for new information. And the reason why that is so important is because when you understand that you need to learn some things new to make something new happen in your life, you feel empowered. And it brings you a sense of humility because that's the best way that you can decide, hey, I need to know better and more than I know now. If everyone could help themselves, then everyone would be on an island by themselves, but the world was not made to function in that way. We were here, placed here to depend on, to support, to connect, to communicate, and to commit to each other. And that is why relationships are so very important in dealing with self-esteem over anxiety. The next thing that I found out is that in the midst of taking information, 
in the midst of educating myself, in the midst of empowering myself, I also learned that I had to invest in myself. And what that meant is that if I had to take certain courses, whether it would be online or face-to-face, and we can now take more online courses than ever before because we're in a new paradigm, so to speak. We have to understand that education is power. Information is empowerment. And as long as you are suffering, as long as you are hurting, and you don't seek help, you don't seek information, you don't seek to invest in yourself, you don't seek to build relationships that can be endearing and empowering to you and that you can embrace with an understanding that someone is there for you because they understand what you are going through, you are going to fail. But we are not supposed to fail, we are supposed to succeed. But the next thing we need to learn is that every failure that happens in our lives is supposed to point us to the way of success. You see, the great Michael Jordan would tell you that he had taken over 1,500 shots at the basket in his career and more. And he said, the more that I miss is the more I realize that I can succeed. You will not always hit the target. You will not always feel like you are overcoming your situation. It may be a drag for you to get up in the morning. It may be tough for you to face the reality of your day, whether it be your career, your school, your social life, your relationship, your family. It does not matter. There are going to be days when you're not going to feel like getting up off the bed at all. And so the thing is, what are you going to do? Are you going to succumb to the feeling that can bring you failure? Or are you going to say to that feeling, not today. I have a desire. I have a goal. I have an ambition. There is something that I want to accomplish. There is something that I need to overcome. And if I do not get up off the bed and get myself together and hit the road, I will not accomplish what I need to accomplish. I will not overcome. Your mind must now begin to program itself to be proactive. And you must say to yourself, today is the day that I make the change that is going to help me to improve my self-esteem and give me the inward ability, the strength, the sustenance to overcome the levels of anxiety that I feel. You all may recall an individual by the name of Bruce Springsteen. He's a legend in so many genres of music throughout the world. He's an icon as far as music is concerned. He's now 71 years of age. And in a recent interview, Bruce Springsteen said that during the time that he was at a musical high in his career around 2014, around 2015. He said that there were moments when the only time he felt like being himself was when he was on the stage. He was not comfortable in his skin. He was not comfortable with his success. And that might be very surprising to some, but when you look at the lives of two individuals, Robin Williams, 
um, Anthony Bourdain, you can understand that people, even though they have achieved a certain level of success in life, they too can suffer with low self-esteem and anxiety problems. And Bruce Springsteen had it. And he said, you know what I did? He said, I started to talk to people that understood what I was going through because they had been through it themselves. I started to write down the times when I felt despondent and discouraged because even if it was Oprah Winfrey that was interviewing me, I was so scared that I did not want to go to the interview, but I told no one. But the moment I decided, I made a decision that I need to deal with my condition, my anxiety, he said help came. So the first step is to recognize, to confess, to realize, hey, I have a problem. I have an issue. Many a people are not going to do that because they are afraid of what others are going to think about them. Well, look at it this way. You are thinking about what others are thinking about you and everybody else is thinking about others are thinking about them. So everybody's in the same boat. The point is this. What are you going to do about it for yourself? Because it does not matter what people's opinions are. They're going to have them anyway. What is your opinion about yourself? What line of responsibility are you going to take for the day that you're going to live and the day after that, knowing very well that you have an issue that needs to be dealt with? You've got to come to terms with the reality of the thing and tell yourself, I have a problem and I need help. And you need to seek help. You need to seek help with the desire that you can overcome, that you can be better, that you can live a life that is more fulfilling, that you can live a life that is more meaningful, that you can live a life that is more rewarding, that you can live a life that is more healthy. Why? Because that is why every single one of us deserves. It does not matter where we came from. It does not matter the level of success we would have achieved or missed out on in life. It does not matter our social standing. It does not matter whether we have plenty cheating in the bank or not. It makes no difference. This thing, just like COVID-19, it has no biasness. It has no speciality. Anyone and everyone at any given point in time can be subjected and suffer from it. But you have got to decide what you need to do to deal with it, to get over it, and to take yourself to the next level in this life because you deserve better. The great Ludwig van Beethoven, one of the greatest composers of all times, his music resonates with us today. It lives on. It is said that his music is so pliable that you can put it into any form or genre and it will still be as classical as the day he first wrote it. Around the period of 1801, Ludwig van Beethoven started writing his symphonies. And if you read his history, if you look at his story, it says that around that same time, he began to observe some things about himself that he did not like. 
First of all, he started to realize that he was becoming deaf. Now, I want you to understand the reality of that hitting a man who depends on his air to listen to the eight musical notes that he can write a symphony. He began to experience deafness. In addition to that, as a result of experiencing this deafness, he began to also realize that he was becoming more withdrawn. And his social skills and his desire to be with people, it was diminishing. He was beginning to develop anxiety. But the man was great. He was blessed. He was gifted. Some of us are like that. And so what he did was he decided at that moment in time, I am not going to allow any of these things to hinder me. And he began to write his symphonies. And by the time it was 1808, he had completed all his symphonies. You know why? He did not allow his anxieties and his other concerns to cripple him, to deter him, to bring him back to a place of questioning his ability. He pushed on. He pushed through. He persevered. He built up a desire within him that was so passionate that it was the catalyst for the continued success that he had after that. It did not matter what he felt. He knew that he had the ability to accomplish something greater than what he felt. And so he made a decision in that moment. I will not allow any of these things to deter me. I will push on. I will succeed. I will overcome. I will discover the success that I was meant to accomplish, that I was meant to experience, that I was meant to achieve in this world, in this life. And I will do it because I know there is greater to gain as a result of the effort. And the rest, as they say, is history. History. And so I want us to understand that if Ludwig van Beethoven could do it, if Bruce Springsteen could do it, you can do it too. We can all do it. The one thing that mankind has, people, is the ability of choice. And that is something that no one can take away from you. The ability of choice. Guess what? I'm going to stop here for a minute. We're going to have a short musical interlude. And if you have any information, questions that you want to put into the chat, you can so do at this time. So I'll be back very shortly.
Yeah, folks, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Glad to know that you are still with us. I hope that you have so far enjoyed the information and the experience that I have shared with you on Andy's personal development platform, our maiden, very first podcast episode on the Podbean Live podcast platform. So, I just want to continue where we left off a few moments ago, and there are a couple things that I want to share with us as we are looking to wrap up. I'm also do, going to do some house cleaning shortly with some information that I will share with you for the upcoming future. Let me just say this to us people. There is always a way in life to do things differently. But it needs to be found. And the only way you can find something new in life is if you're willing to search for it. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, if you want to find the best pearl, you have to be willing to dive in the deepest ocean. And that is so true because so many of us, we just want to scratch the surface and think that we should get what is below the surface. But life does not work like that. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. Because you see, in your search for comfort, in your search for acceptance of yourself, in your search for being given the opportunity to face the realities that come at you every single day, you need to dig deep. If necessary, sacrifice. Why? It will be worth the effort. And so we need to stop taking the little things in life for granted. And we also need to stop speculation. Speculation is a thankless task. And we shouldn't be wasting mental energy on speculations because they are not reality. This is something that I've discovered for myself. And it does not matter what you can imagine, what you can feel. What you imagine, what you speculate on is not real. It is just speculation. It has not happened. Therefore, it cannot be considered as real. And so we have to find ourselves with a frame of mind that says, I prefer reality than speculation. Because in reality, there is something concrete and tangible that I can hold on to. In reality, there is something that I can gain, not just for myself, but I can share with others as well. You see, we can't be selfish in life. We must remember that we are here to complement each other. And at the end of the day, if you think that you can do it all by yourself, then you are sadly mistaken. We need the support of others. We need the help of others. We need to be there for ourselves and we need to be there for our loved ones as well. Let me tell you this. At the end of the day, we also need to be thankful to God for the small things in life that makes the difference. And I want us to understand something. I have found myself in a situation that I'm going to use as an analogy to express something that we call in our profession 
the duck effect. Some people call it the duck syndrome. And you may be wondering, what is that all about? <laughs> well, it deserves some fanfare. The duck syndrome. Let me get a little bit of that again. Ah, there you go. So you must be saying, well, what is the duck syndrome all about? Well, picture with me, if you will, if you please, that whenever you see a duck on water, the duck looks poised, it looks focused, it looks calm, and it even looks attractive. And if you throw something in the water that the duck is attracted to, it would reach out and it would eat, pull it in its beak. And all you can see from the waist up, if there's a waist, we can describe it as that. But above the water, the level of the water, all you can see is this beautiful creature of nature heading in a particular direction or place. And everything seems good and everything seems calm and the duck seems to be in control. But if we can only see under the water that the duck is paddling with both feet for dear life, furiously trying to stay afloat and to steer in the direction that it needs to go. And sometimes we can find ourselves in the duck syndrome. When people look at us on the outside, everything appears to be good. Everything appears to be nice. Everything appears to be attractive. We seem to have it all made. We seem to have it all together. But that is what it is. It is just an appearance. It just seems that way. Because for some of us on the inside, where we can't see underneath all of that, we are struggling. And if we are struggling that much and we don't recognize that we need to do something about it to change the dynamics of our lives, then something is definitely wrong. And so what we are prepared to do is to share with you from time to time information, our experiences, data, knowledge, skills, and the opportunity for changes in life that can bring about a difference that people can hold on to something tangible something viable something real that you can say yes there is hope yes there is someone else that is going through what i'm going through i am not alone you are never alone and what is happening to you is not endemic to you. It has happened to others and it will happen to many others going forward in the future. The point is, the bottom line is, what are you going to do about it? Life is all about decisions, people. And you have to decide in a very early state of mind that whatever you're going to do, it must be done so that the outcome, the end result, will always be in your favor. Guess what? I'm going to close with this. When a baby is born, it needs the touch of its parents, a guardian, some adult person, so that it can realize the warmth, the love, the caring, the commitment that it takes for one to survive. If the baby does not get that, it would suffer and die. The word is marasmi, and it's French. 
But if the baby gets the love, the attention, the nurturing, the caring that it deserves, and it begins to build itself up, it gets stronger, and it will go through the different stages of growth and development. But at some point in time, the baby may stumble, the baby may fall, the baby may make mistakes, but guess what? The baby will get up and try again and get up and try again and get up the next time and try again. You know why? The baby wants to experience life at a higher and a better level. What about us? What about us adults? What about us big people who have long passed the stage physically of being a baby? But maybe mentally, socially, spiritually, and emotionally, we are still babies. Do not stay in a baby stage. Grow every day at least by 1%. Take time to discover who you really are. Value that individual. Embrace that individual. Love the man in the mirror. And tell yourself, I am here for a purpose. And whatever it is that God has in store for me or my destiny holds, no self-esteem that is low is going to stop me. And no level of anxiety is going to stop me. Because I am a winner and I deserve the best in life. If you need to, one of the things that you can do is you can get those positive affirmations. They're online all over the place. And what you can do is you can write them down. I prefer that you handwrite them than you type them because that way it becomes personal. You're attached to it. And stick it up in places that you are often regular in so that it can remind you that you're on a path of success, not defeat. That you're on a path of growth, not death, that you're in a part of development, not to miss out on what God has in store for you. If you're interested in reading, you can look at a book entitled Anxiety at Work with two of my colleagues, Chester Elton and Adrian Gostick. It's on Amazon. The podcast there is free of charge. The Kindle version is $12.99 US. And I'm blessed to have these two gentlemen as my colleagues as part of WEBCS. That is World Executive Business Coaching Summit. We are in the 11th year and I'm a member of that organization because I'm a certified life coach. I'm not boasting. I'm just thanking God that I took the time out to educate myself, to prepare myself for a time and a day like this because I believe that my destiny is to make a difference in the lives of others and my vision and my goal is to lay positive influences on the lives of many. So I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me on this lovely Sunday afternoon and I pray that something would have stayed with you if you have taken notes, that's a good thing. But just don't just take the notes. <laughs> Look to implement the notes. Look to practice the notes. We have some more episodes coming up, so stay tuned. We will send the information out to you. If you want to follow us, you can follow this podcast 
on Podbean and this personal development. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.mdreamer.com. It will take you to my Inspiration and Truth page or on Twitter. Twitter is twitter.kimina.com, K-E-Y-M-E-N-A, or on Instagram, hashtag AndyCharles8417, AndyCharles8417. This has been, for me, very epic. And as we sign off at this time, I want to thank you for your support in spending this time with us. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. People, stay safe, stay blessed. Remember the three W's. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and watch your physical distance. But above all, keep in touch with the Creator. God is good, He is love, and He has many blessings in store for us. This is your friend signing off from Andy's Personal Development. I love you. Until next time, stay safe. God bless and goodbye.